bit Spursy heads. It's uh, it's your bodies. <laughs> Dan and Barney here for another episode of A Bit Spursy. As I just said, I'm Barney. And I'm Dan. And I'm the feet. Yeah, and I'm, I'm the thighs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So in body terms, we're basically just parts of the legs. <laughs> parts of the legs and there's no shin. Because um, <laughs> you guys are the heads. Yeah. So and then without torsos. So there you go. Yeah, I mean that's. I reckon I'd be happy with that. Like if me and Arteta were doing an analogy off, um, I reckon I'd win with that. Do you know? I just got shocks like in my body for a second because I thought you're just going to be like, if me and Arteta were doing like a podcast or something, and I was mm. just like, oh no, Barney, just because Arsenal have won another <laughs> game, please, you haven't turned and I'm out. I'm out of a gig. <laughs> I really just, Dan, I'm over this. I want to do a podcast with Arteta. I want to talk about the Lego Movie. You know, like. <laughs> Uh, I want to be to- I want to be talking about being top of the table and getting so carried away with that. Yeah, yeah. It's ah. Um yeah, I was devastated to see they beat Liverpool. Absolutely devastated. Yeah. Have you seen the highlights? I I haven't, but I've heard that there are quite a few contentious decisions that happened in the game. Oh, around, no I haven't. Yeah, around like a penalty given maybe for Arsenal and then mm. I think I'm not sure who it was, but someone had a tackle that was very, very similar to Royale's and it was just, you know, studs up mid leg and it was, I, uh, nothing was given. I don't think. Oh, um, great. So I'm sure after this recording, we can, um, we could jump on and then rage at that, <laughs> those highlights. Mm. But I just saw a lot of complaints about the, the refereeing and it seemed more than just like surly Liverpool fans. Great. Well, I can't wait to watch those highlights then. Because um, the one thing that the Premier League referees have is consistency um, in the sense that they consistently uh, contradict themselves uh, game to game. So um, that's great to hear. I'm glad that they're continuing with that. Yeah. Um, uh, w- we won also, which was good. We won, which was great. Mm. We won mm. one one out of two games. We won the Premier League, didn't, didn't not so much in... In Champions League, but... Um, we didn't so much win in the Champions League, is what I like to say. Yeah, we didn't... It wasn't quite a win. Yeah. I felt like it could have been one. Mm. It could have, but it, it wasn't, but it could have. <laughs> but it could have been one. Mm. Um, yeah. That should just be us talking about every single game we play. Could have been a win. <laughs> wasn't a win. Could have been a win. All right. Mm. Catch us next week. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, Barney, we should probably kick things off by... Um, you know, just quickly, very quickly touching on the sad passing of Gianpetro Ventrone. Of course, yeah. Professor Marine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I think it, it caught all Spurs fans by shock. Um, mm. And then, yeah, just I, I think in the in the aftermath of that, you just realise, like, how many people he did sort of touch as a coach and how many huge players in the past as well that he had worked with. Um, and, you know, you've got people like, you know, Zidane talking about him and that sort of stuff. So, um yeah, it's really interesting. You think just like, oh, this is someone who's just a fitness coach at our club, but it's like, no, they're actually quite quite a prominent figure in the world of football. Mm, mm, yeah, totally. And the amount of um, uh, posting on social media that there's been by Spurs players, but then also, you know, like looking at the reporting of his career, um, you're, t- you're completely right. I'm just going to say the exact same thing you just said, so I'm going to stop myself. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> he... Um, yeah, it seems like he had a he had a, a big impact on um, lots of uh, very good footballers. Yeah, and I think it was you know probably Eric Dyer maybe summed up. It seems what the general consensus was of like, you know, um, his main skill was being able to push players to really go past what they thought were their limits, but 
but also not do it in a way where they hated him. <laughs> like mm. they really loved him and respected him. And, you know, there's that clip that's been going around showing when, when Son scored his hat trick and, and him and uh, Ventran just had this, you know, hug for like 30 seconds. Mm. Um, so it seems like he was someone who, you know, really pushed players to be better, but also uh, was very, very highly respected and loved by them. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, very sad to see him go, you know, such a, in modern terms, young age. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you saw as well, and I know we're going to get into the Brighton game, but there was that clip at the end of the game where Kane was talking. Um, mm. And you see him, he almost teared up, sort of mentioning, mm. uh, mentioning you know, what, what had happened. And so, yeah, I think you just see that this is obviously something which is, you know, um, a big effect on the group. And, you know, it's a, it's a thing too. If we had lost this game, like, we no one would have cared. Like, it would have been, mm. like, this is not important right now um, mm. uh, in the scheme of things. It would have been interesting because when these things happen in sport, um, there's been a significant loss um, that a team has to deal with, be it player, staff, someone that was close to the club, that the players all know. When the team loses, it's A, no one cares about the loss because it's like, whoa. But also it's it's so much more depressing and harrowing because we want this like, they did it for him, this redemptive, they they pulled it together and they showed pure resilience, but it's like sometimes they're just a bit too sad. And that, and that's yeah. like, you know, the idea of that being too much, I think is um, uh, a bit of a frightening concept. Yeah, it, it's kind of, I guess it's weird in a way, like when fans suddenly go, oh, well, do get the win for him, as if it's like, maybe just focusing back on the win again out of it. Yeah. It's like, no, yeah. no, that's not, I don't think that's like, if Conte says that in a, in a, the dressing or whatever, fine. Of course, if they say that amongst the group, but for fans to just be like, well, back onto the, uh, points, uh, <laughs> get the win for him. It's like, to me, that's always felt a little bit weird. Um, oh, when they do yeah, that. It's, and it totally comes out of an uncomfortableness, um, with, because, you know, neither you or I have met this man. We've heard that, um, he was beloved by a lot of our players. We've never met any of our players. And so, you know, you can have kind of empathy for their situation, but at the same time, you know, you, you're not connected to that person. So you're sort of not within that. And there's an uncomfortableness there, but also with the fact that this person's died. Um, but on top of that, other fans are just like, well, I've never met him, nor do I know him, so I don't really have any feelings towards him. It's, I'm, I'm sorry for other people's loss, but it'd be great to win because yeah. that's what I like. <laughs> and it's like if you put it into other contexts, it sounds even weirder. Like let's just say we're at work and we worked at an ad agency and someone, someone had sadly passed away. And then it's like, you know what? Let's go out there and get this pitch for Graham. <laughs> let's get this for Graham. Mm. You'd just be like, no, why are we even have like, we shouldn't be going to the pitch today. We can just let this mm. job go. It's not important. But um, anyway, regards to that, um, most of, uh, you know, most things said about him have been really nice and glowing. So yeah, a very sad loss for, for everyone uh, at the club. And it also yeah. affected me a bit more than I thought. And I think that was maybe because of his age, uh, because mm. it's like, it's an age, which is similar to like, you know, our parents' age. Mm. Um, also something that it's like, it just came out of nowhere. Like it, it, there was no, it didn't seem to be much warning about it. So I think I found the thing like, you know, quite, quite upsetting in that sense. Um, despite being this person, like you said, that we don't know, we've never met. Um, mm. but yeah, just, you know, very sad all around. 
Nah, mate, you've had a child and you've gone soft. I felt nothing. I wanted the win and I just tweeted. I, I, I made a lot of different accounts and I was just tweeting, win. Guys, let's do it for the win. Um, yes, and that's because I haven't gone soft because I haven't had a child. So you are all the accounts I'm referencing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I haven't slept in days. <laughs> just all these burner accounts just causing yeah. up trouble. Great. Oh, I just realized I have a burner account on the Discord that I haven't used in ages. Yeah, but you used to make one vote for uh, that. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, goddamn. And also, um, I'm the only one who would have picked up on it. And so it's, it's nothing else. But that's the idea. Like, I mean, I'm upset that you picked up on it. It's good. Um, <laughs> it's great. Um, yeah. All right. Should we jump into the Brighton game? Yeah. Uh, Dan, for this Brighton game, I just want to open with three numerals for you. And those numerals are three, five, two. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. You doubted it. You said, I'm not going to follow Tottenham Hotspur anymore if they go three, five, two. I hate those numbers together. Oh, God, it's never going to work. And I said, Dan, in the darkness, there is always light. And that light is shaped like the numerals. Three, five, two. Look, I'll count on this for the fact that I never said anything remotely like this. <laughs> and you somehow, for some reason, are trying to paint me as this like three, five, two denier for some reason. Um, well, it's, <laughs> um, what, it's because you're always so measured on everything and you're so measured on this as well. <laughs> but it's just one example where you gave... Uh, the reason why I find it so funny is because you gave such um, reasonable reasons as to why we would continue with a three-four-three, and and your own um, questions—not criticisms, questions—about the three-five-two. Yeah. Um, so it is hilarious to paint you in that light, and that's how that joke works, everyone. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, great. I'd, it's so it's like Barney. There's something within me that just like I can't have it out there on. <laughs> on record that I'm like, hate this formation. <laughs> There's something that stops me from going like, you know what? I'll be the guy who hates this formation <laughs> yeah. because yeah, no, it's like, I am, to be honest, I'm surprised that we saw it. Um, mm. but it was a pleasant surprise because mm -hmm. just a recap of just where I stand on very quickly is just that I think it's, I think it's really good for us to have a second formation that we're using. Um, could this be the primary formation? Sure. But like what I found weird about Conte is that it's like, he's got this, this way of playing and it's his idea is to play that so well that whatever anyone else tries, it doesn't matter. You'll just be better than them. Mm. And it just sort of seems like a few teams kind of work out how to play against us in it. And then there's no real surprise that we can bring to games or anything like that. So, um, this is really, I find this really, really interesting and. Yeah, like my question is still like, what happens to Deki when when he comes back into this? But um, I really I want... I mean, you know, you know where he goes. I, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really wonder like what, what Conte, if he's actually gone, yeah, I really want to transition to this now. Or if he's thought, hang on, Deki's out. I've only got three attackers. I want to then rotate and rest that a little bit more. Um, I just want to know if Conte is begrudgingly doing this or if he's like, nah, this is what we're going to do now. I'm going, going, mm. you know, full hog. Mm. 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 I think he's thought to himself a little treat for me 
and the fans, <laughs> and he's played the three five two. No, I think you're right. I think it's uh, due to Decky being injured and um, wanting to integrate Basuma a little bit more and get him more game mm-hmm. time without putting him out there in a two where he's more vulnerable to any kind of tactical missteps, um, which apparently, you know, he's taken a bit of time to adjust to the system. So, yeah. Do do, do you think it's interesting? Like, it feels like Conte has to be almost proven wrong in the sense that um, for him to really change a thing. Like, because this feels like it would have been perfect to play in the North London derby. Yeah. We're not going to go right back into all the details of that game, but, you know, we score some of our chances, then that could have gone very, very right. But in hindsight, mm. you look at it and you go, oh, really would have been nice to have an extra body in midfield there. So I wonder if he's looked and gone, you know, Brighton, they do play, you know, they do like to have possession, do like to zip it round. Maybe let's actually really go into this formation now as well. Um, yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. I think it's really interesting. Mm. I was going to ask you, how do you feel about the return of the Irish Spear? Well, what I noticed from watching the Irish Spear was that I didn't notice him, really, which in comparison to Emerson Royale, who for some reason I feel like when he's on the pitch, he's like the most prominent member of our team. And maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's the dyed blonde hair. I don't know. But I'm like, he's constantly involved and yeah. constantly uh, is getting into, you know, he gets into good positions and then stuffs it. Or, um, I don't know, I, I, maybe I'm just more concerned about him, but I really didn't notice Doherty at all. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And I think there's probably also something to the, the idea that teams are happier to push us to play down the right when we've got Emerson. And mm. they're, like, happier to give him more space. Because <laughs> mm. they know that when he gets into the attack, that really very little is going to happen there. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I just thought that, like, Doherty was pretty, you know, pretty decent overall and in the manner that you're saying of, like, didn't really notice him, but he did get into some good positions and it did seem like a bit of rust that was, um, mm. you know, he, he sort of fluffed one or two of those chances, but he also made that wonderful challenge towards the end of the game mm. as well. Uh, I don't know. I just thought it was a good sort of return um, after not playing for a very long time. And it gives me hope that, you know, at least for the remainder of this season, um, he's going to be someone who could come back into the team and get some minutes there. I hope so. I really hope so. I hope it's not. He plays the next two games in the league and then it's like, bye. And then we bring back <laughs> Conte's favourite son, Emerson Royale. And you're right. Teams do. It's like, you know, the whole thing where when Sanchez is on that right-hand side as well, teams are like, sweet. <laughs> we'll give him space there, but also we'll press the shit out of them um, when Emerson and Sanchez are near the ball and they'll cough it up. I thought we looked a lot more balanced in in possession and we, it, it wasn't still a hundred percent clicking, but I've seen some comments mm. saying that like, uh, on, on Twitter, like, oh, Spurs are playing ugly football and all that. And I don't think mm. watching this game, we were playing like ugly football in it. Like it wasn't the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, but it also wasn't like Burnley-esque 11 plays behind the ball and then hoofing it up. Yeah. Like that just wasn't the case. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was fine. I thought it was an improvement on on the last couple of games, and uh, you know, I don't I don't really know what to say about Brighton because obviously Potter's now gone, and I'm like, are they going to like fall into a heap? But they're also still they're seventh. They were fourth. Um, I don't know. Maybe they'll start sliding now, and whatever. It was nothing. Um, it was nothing, but. <laughs> 
It, it wouldn't surprise me if Brighton still did okay, because my mm. my understanding is of the of the club is that they've had um, Deserbi as like a, a a you know the next in line for quite a while. They've had him marked, you know, so it's not just sort of panicking and trying to get whatever manager they can. And mm. I think they've seemed to have a pretty clear philosophy of, philosophy of how they want to play. Um, mm. I feel like they'd just be a little bit more dangerous if they eventually buy a forward who is half decent yeah. and can score. And I don't know how Danny Welbeck still has a job in the league. Like, yeah, this is, mm. I, I don't understand what's going on there. Like he's just absolutely rubbish. Yeah. It's baffling. And they've gone from Neil Mope to Danny Welbeck <laughs> starting like number <laughs> nines. Um, yeah, it's baffling. I mean, like he missed, uh, a chance that looked like something that a good striker would put away. Um, there might've been more. I can only remember one. Imagine if the top clubs were run like how Brighton's run in the sense that they identify targets that fit within the, the perfect thing that they need for that position. They have a, um, succession plan for managers. Like they know how everything's going to roll instead of the absolute batshit chaos that seems to be happening at all the top clubs. Like which I'm trying to think of one that is run really, really, really well. Um, obviously we've made steps to be run better. Mm. I wonder if it's just the, you know, the more high profile, the club, the more high profile, the players. And then you just have to deal in this like, um, haunted house of transfers <laughs> where players will be like, yes, I'll come to your club, but I need 61 guinea pigs to follow me everywhere I go on the training pitch. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, um, let's renegotiate that. Um, so we'll build a, a guinea pig hutch, um, at the training ground. Um, and we can probably offer you five to six guinea pigs. Mm, good enough. But I want eagles flying. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it could very well uh, be the case. I, I honestly would not be surprised if in Premier League history there had been guinea pigs requested in some <laughs> contract. <laughs> in all seriousness, it would not surprise me. But yeah, I think you're right. Like there's, you know, you do have the top clubs that, uh, and, and what it could be, this is just a guess here, is that, you know, it's like if you start a game of FIFA or a football manager or anything like that, and you're at a big club and you've got like, your transfer budget is 150 million pounds. <laughs> and then you just start buying players without really thinking. You're like, I like him. I'll get him. I like him. Yeah. I'll get him. And then before you know, like, hang on, I've bought three center forwards here. This is not good. Whereas if you go, you know what, I want a challenging game and I'm going to start at a, a more of a minnow team. And you're like, all right, I've great. I've got a budget of five pounds. And mm. then it's like, you'll spend hours trying to scout the best use of that money. Mm. Um, so I wonder if Brighton are like the full, you know, the, the sort of real life equivalent of that, where it's like, they're just really not spending anything and they take their, their purchase a lot more seriously than, you know clubs like uh, and us sometimes we're like all right 30 million fine yeah yeah <laughs> well i mean i think there's also like you're right there's like creativity within constraints because they're like we have five pounds to spend we need a center forward a center back and a left back how are we going to do this <laughs> and then they whether yeah we seem to in this kind of phase that i can i think we're sort of moving out of where we uh are like Oh, Chelsea liked Timo Werner. We'll buy him now, now that he's gone. Um, okay, we'll pay him 60 million. They only pay 50 million. Ah, well. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what? Uh, what? We sold Lukaku. Let's buy him back. 
Oh, that didn't <laughs> work. Let's get rid of him again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's like, it's Brighton. They still feel, and I don't know if it's like because their stadium is smaller as well. And that like, they still feel like this sort of smaller, like smaller club. That's got a bit of charm to them, a bit like something like that. And in some ways you don't really end up seeing them as a threat in that sense. Um, mm. but I feel like maybe that's how they end up getting results against teams as well, that they do seem like this tiny little club, but you know, they actually, especially in midfield, they've got some decent players. Mm. Just wait. If, if they were to make a leap and be around the top six, how quickly that would change. <laughs> oh, yeah. You'd have uh, Scalzi and Giggsy, uh, well, not Giggsy, <laughs> um, and, uh, Hargreaves. And uh, Neville, maybe on there saying all kinds of stuff. <laughs> it's interesting. Like I quite like Brighton in a way, but also you know I don't really have any um, you know massive massive sort of feelings towards them. Um, they remind, this reminded me of something I saw, and I'm not sure if we spoke about this on the pod previously, but there was a, a club called Shrewsbury Town who had a ball boy um, who was this old man in a boat uh, because their stadium was like right by the river. And so there was this old guy, he was like 60 and he was sitting on, he'd sit, this is in like the seventies or eighties and he's sitting on the sideline and he's got this tiny little, like one person boat. And then if the, if they kick the ball over the stand, it would end up in the river and then he'd just pick up his little boat and he'd sprint <laughs> off and then he'd go out in the river and try and retrieve the ball. And I think he'd get paid like, I don't know, 50 pounds for every ball he, he brought back or something like that. So it wasn't paid by the hour. He was paid per ball brought back from the river. Per ball. And it's like, he, he did, I think he did the, you know, that job for like, I don't know, 50 years or something like that. But he would be oh. like, he'd be absolutely like, he'd be just gagging for a ball to just be smashed out. Oh my God. Like. Like Didier Zakora would be his best friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, can you imagine him coming home like, oh, how'd you go today? And he'd be like, terrible day out. Not one ball in the river. <laughs> Looks like it's beans for tea. Yeah. Or like when when uh, <laughs> Didier's playing at the, <laughs> he comes home, like puts on the music, starts dancing with his wife immediately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're going out for salmon tonight, love. <laughs> it's fish and chips. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, uh, I thought that was like, it's just a charming little story that, uh, it's like, oh, the good old days. We don't have that anymore in the big mm. commercial world of capitalism. Yes. If we had you know, something like that now, it would be robots. And those robots would be nasty. Yeah. Spurs have got this new robot ball boy that goes and beats up fans to get the ball back. <laughs> I can I can see that. I can actually see that. <laughs> I could see it, and well, it's, or maybe it's yeah. like it's um, you know, it's Daniel Levy in a in a big like mech suit or something. Just like <laughs> we're gonna get to that stage. I'm surprised we haven't had a movie made by like Michael Bay as hasn't you know just gone like you know what this soccer thing is pretty cool. I'm gonna make a film about that, and it's just something yeah. completely ridiculously blown out of proportion and and you know <laughs> losing its mind in VFX. <laughs> oh, well. Michael Bay, I know you listen to this podcast. There's an idea for you. <laughs> well, I mean, Dave, actually, Dave Batista did a, a film. I didn't see it, but it's, it's like set at the West Ham, like the, at the Olympic, the London stadium or whatever it's set in. It's set during a West Ham game, I think. Um, and it's just some action movie that 
I haven't I haven't seen it, but I, it's it didn't sound that appealing. Even though I, I don't mind Dave Batista, but it's a bit I don't know. You know. <laughs> so what was it like? We've got to get this done before ninety minutes is up. Yeah, before the bubbles. The bubbles are going to go up. The bubbles have got a secret toxin in it. We better yeah. get there before they go off. <laughs> oh, God. I, I haven't heard of this. It sounds horrendous. I wonder if Movie Club, like Dyer, Kane, and Doggett, I wonder if they're Movie Club, they've watched that. Maybe before a West Ham game. Um, just get them nice and G'd up. I love the sound of that. I, I want another update. What are they watching? Yep. All right, come on. What are they watching? Doherty's back in the team. He's allowed to travel again. He doesn't have to watch yeah. it home over like Zoom. <laughs> yeah. Not, no watch parties for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oi, boys, what you got? You got popcorn there? Oh, all right. Oh, yeah. I'm just sitting here with me, um, me injury. <laughs> <laughs> they just put him on mute and just leave him and ignore yeah. him for the rest of the film. Um, so, uh, all in all, Brighton game, Dan. What was what would you take from it? How'd you feel? Um, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. Um, I thought that you know Brighton very, very easily could have I think surprised us and gotten a result here. Like, it's one of those teams which you just hear of them playing well, but I, I, I you know, I, I never really watch them, so I can't like I don't get this week to week thing of like oh they're playing fantastic at the moment, mm. uh, but they just they do seem to just get results, and you'll get like Trossard will just pull hat tricks out of nowhere and all that sort of mm. stuff. Um, I was pretty happy with the result. Like a one nil away from home, I think I'll always be pretty happy with. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, hang on. That's, that sounds so stupid because that would be if we want all of our away games one nil. Like <laughs> that's the league easily. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be pretty happy. <laughs> what um? If what's your summary, Barney? How did you feel? Uh, my summary was, um, it was good to see some of the unsung heroes perform really well. Yep. Um, I'm talking about Kane. I'm talking about, no, I'm talking, <laughs> um, uh, I thought Davies, uh, I really noticed him being back and starting, mm -hmm. which I really didn't think I would. And I don't know whether that speaks to the quality of, of Davies under Conte and the role that he plays or that long just isn't very good. Um, I also thought that um, Dyer had a really good game. Um, and I want to say that, did Benton Kurt have a good game or did he have a bad game? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> One of the midfielders was pretty good. Yeah. I, I think to me, to be completely honest, Basuma, I, I didn't notice massively. And I think again, he, he got another early yellow card and mm -hmm. I think for him, that's, that's a bit of a worry. Like. Um, not not this huge long-term worry, but in, in games, when he gets a yellow card early, I feel like it really restrains him because he's got to be so careful for the rest of the game. Mm. Um, and so I think, yeah, just, just need to maybe iron that out a little bit. Um, but I thought all three in the middle were, were pretty decent and Benteker and Hoybier were just getting absolutely all over the place. I, um, want to see the next time it happens, Conte just bring on Skip. Immediately, as soon as he Basuma gets that yellow, it's just like, all right, you're off. Yeah. Um, because a, I want to see more skip, and b, you're right, it does kind of seem to um, limit him. Definitely, I, I think it's nice that we we have seen skip starting. Like, it's it's kind of been as well as soon as he's fit, he's has started coming off the bench. Mm. Um. So yeah, hopefully it's not too long before we actually get a a start from him. 
Um, mm. He looks, I've, I really like Skip in the number four, I've got to be honest. Yeah? Yeah, it, well, it's just so much better than whatever he had last, like a stupid 52 or whatever the... Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. Like four, it's like, yeah, you've matured, Skip. Dan, the, the shot count, we had eight shots, Brian had 14. I had four on target, we had three on target. Brilliant. <laughs> and that's my analysis of the game. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's that's good. That's all we want. The point I'm actually trying to make is that eight shots is not very many. Okay. And yeah. we have seen, I'm trying to move into the fact that our front line has, the goal we got looked, it was insane, right? Son looked like he was t- trying to take a shot. There was a deflection. Harry was a genius and flicked it backwards. I don't think it was a set move and we score. It wasn't a piece of, there were were pieces of attacking play that looked quite good. And then there was nothing, no end product at the end, but we're just, it's so baffling, you know, from last season where we're scoring heaps of goals, you know, we look really good going forward. And then this season, you know, one of the running themes has been that we've looked so disjointed. What I find actually really, really interesting about all this is that our forwards haven't been clicking by any stretch yet. Kane still has eight league goals. Mm. Um, And if Haaland didn't exist, (laughs) then I think Mm. everyone would be going like, oh, wow, what a season Kane's having. Um, Mm. But because of Haaland, everyone's just like forgetting about, it's like no other player in the universe is even relevant. Mm. Um, But that's even with like, like Son, as we've, you know, spoken about at length, not been firing at all. And I think, you know, the Frankfurt game, for example, was another uh, sign of that where it's like, we just, we're not converting the chances um, that we're getting and we're getting sort of half chances and we're not even sort of converting some of those as well. So I think overall, it's like, I, I'm not that worried about it because I think that if we weren't creating any chances, I think I'd be a lot more concerned. Mm. Um, But it is definitely evident to me that it's like, you know, our, our, our attackers are not playing at their peak um, mm. at the moment. And it's like, yeah, I guess if you try and look for a positive thing, you might go, well, is is this sort of thing of like a long season? Let's take it easy. And somehow ma- magically Conte is going to like make them hit peak form in like April mm. or something. <laughs> like um, I'm not sure, but it, it, yeah, it's, it's definitely not clicking up front. Yeah. And you know, there is the whole, no decky, no party, um, which is true. But at the same time, when he's in, it's still not like he's great. He's been great. And he does do things that make the attack more cohesive. But when he comes in, it doesn't fix everything. It's not like it's the missing piece. It's still pretty clunky. Um, and I just don't, Initially, I thought it was, oh, they, Conte has been like, okay, now you're playing the real Conte ball and they're still like learning the, the patterns, um, that he's now introduced, but I just don't get it. I just don't understand, especially like song after that hat trick was so exciting. And then since then, like has looked this, like as average as he looked before that. Yeah. Oh, those can't fight the, the goal that he scored, which was basically like a Leicester regen goal where he just like gets <laughs> on his left top corner. It was sadly offside. But apart from that, he has, it's not like that hat trick has allowed him to sort of kick on 
And it's like, great, mm. we've got Sonny back. Um, but I think to your point about the front three, yeah, what I find kind of intriguing about it is that, say, the second half of last season, basically since Deki came in, it's like, oh, wow, this front three, they, they complement each other perfectly. And they are playing so well together. Everything's linking up. It is like, you know, Deki was the missing link to like really unleash mm. everything there. But it does seem that those three as a forward, like trio, um, have mm. kind of regressed at the moment. And it's, yeah, I guess what is a little bit bizarre about it is that you'd think maybe if the rest of the team are now trying to learn all these other different automations and everything fine, but then when you're up, when you're attacking, like they'll kind of just get in that attacking third and they'll just go into their mode and, and like, they just were pulling goals out of everywhere last season. Mm. Um, whereas now it's a little, it's a little bit disjointed. Um, I think as much as I love Richarlison, I am starting to now see that, yeah, I don't know if I love Richarlison like on the right of a front three. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I still think Richarlison's been good overall, but yeah. How, how are you feeling about him in general? I'm glad you brought this up because I was going to. I think since the wonderful ball juggling incident, um, there hasn't really been much in terms of like obviously he scored you know in the champions league um but in terms of his play i guess he did go over that penalty in the derby but i was kind of expecting like fireworks every time he was on the pitch not in the sense of play but just like he would be doing stuff that would make the opposition very mad and that sort of not happened i think he correct me if i'm wrong but he's only ever played with Kane and Son, he hasn't had the chance to play with someone that's actually going to stitch the attack together like Kulusevski. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, I don't think so. And like, I, there could have been a game where he was subbed. On, I don't know. They were mm. on the pitch for ten minutes or something. But like, I can't remember. Yeah. So I think you're right that they haven't. Like Rashal, Rashal, uh, sorry, Rashalson hasn't played. Hang on, wait. What about what happened in the Leicester game when Son was benched? Oh. Did Rashalson and Kulusevski? He must have played. They must have played together. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they did then. But yeah, but overall still, yeah, they haven't really played. It, it's interesting. Like you haven't had a, a real situation where Richarlison has been sort of like, all right, he's going to be the guy getting on the end of things. Look, I still like him, but I'm like, we paid 60 million for this dude. And what is he actually bringing to our team that we didn't have? Apart from a backup for Kane, which is great. If Kane gets injured, then then take those words and shove them back into my mouth. But at the moment, it's kind of like, well, cool. We paid 60 million for this guy. What we need is a attacking, passing midfielder. See, my thought on that would be, I think it's still a bit too early for Richarlison. Given as well that the others, we've spoken about them not 100% clicking it and being a little bit out of form too. Mm. Like, I, I still think, like, that, you know, the 60 mil could still be good business. I think we'll just need a bit more time um, to see that. And maybe also some rotation of, like, giving Kane some rest as well. And actually then going, like, all right, Richardson, you know, you need to go out there and be the man today. Yeah. Like, here's the extra responsibility, you know. Um, now let's see what you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of the, I guess... You know, he was hamstrung in the Frankfurt game where we've got Kane, Son, and Richarlison 
up front and then no real clear way to move the ball forward in the sense that we don't have someone that's, you know, really, really good at it, uh, like Kulisevsky is. You know, not to discount Pierre or Bendiger, who both can, but they don't have, they're not like elite level um, creative minds <laughs> in the final third. And then Emerson, his final ball was trash. And Perisic, like we, he looks like we bought an old man. So <laughs> yeah, Perisic is definitely old man. Mm. For sure. Yeah. Um, I think as well with Bentica and Hoybier, like they look a lot better because there were still a couple of moments in the the Brighton game where, um, especially Pierre was like starting to carry forward a bit more. Yeah. Um, and I think that, yeah, that really sort of shows that when there's just the two in there, they're, they're sort of more preoccupied with their defensive roles. Mm. Whereas sort of unleashing them a little bit in that three, maybe that's where we make up for, and who knows, that maybe also could have been the reason why why Conte's like, well, let's let's play three in the middle and let's not play Richarlison up with Kane and Son because we want Bentica and Hoybier to have more attacking license and be able to actually charge forward a bit more. Mm. And, you know, that's something which might take them a couple of games to really sort of get get used to. But I don't know. Maybe that could be the thinking there too, that if we don't have Decky, we need those two players to be really providing that drive that we're not getting as much from the from the front three. Yeah. The other thing in the in the, that Frankfurt game, we like couldn't buy a goal. Like it was just, oh yeah, it was so frustrating. Um, and you're always going to have games like that. So I, that's all I have to say. It was annoying. I think it was funny how the I think even the commentator was talking about it, like and Tottenham without a shot on target this half, <laughs> and they're talking about it as if we've had no attacking intent and no play yep. or anything. And it's like, yep, it's just the tone. It's like I don't like yeah. the tone, Mister Commentator. Yeah. Um, because it's like we we've been trying and the shots have missed and like yeah, short sure, no shots on target in that first mm. half, but we've had chances. So it's like mm. to just go back to like well, stat book says no zero. <laughs> There's a big zero if the shots on target. Therefore, yeah. they are trash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was being uh, waved around in that way, um, which was very annoying. Yeah, and it's like, well, come on. Um, mm. And also Frankfurt, like, they're not... It, the other funny thing I find about this is fans always look at a team that when, when we play a team in Europe, they always go, where is this team in the league table in their country? And mm. then that's it. That's all their arguments are. So, like, <laughs> when we lost to Sporting, you got fans who are like, we lost to the seventh place Portuguese team. <laughs> they're the seventh best team in Portugal. Yeah. And it's like the fact they're in the Champions League is proves that they are not that and they are better than yeah. that. And yeah. it's the same with Frankfurt. People are like, you know what? They are tenth in the Bundesliga. They are half as good as any of the top Bundesliga teams and we can't even beat them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's the level of research you're doing on these teams is just to like look yeah. up league table in their country exactly. and then base everything on that. I mean, it's like, where was City, you know, at the start of last season where they were sort of languishing around mid table? If other fans mm. were doing that, if they played in the Champions League and lost, like, <laughs> can you believe it? We lost to 10th place Manchester City. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they've had four games. Like, oh. <laughs> Four games that they could have won. Like, so our number stupid. is two. Their number yeah. is ten. That two is better than ten. That means we should win. 
five times in a row. Yeah. This is dumb. You know what? I'm going to start a blog. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, I found, I think it's interesting what uh, you said a couple of episodes ago about how <laughs> our, you know, and I, I'm talking about this because I'm guilty of it too, um, is when we play teams that Frankfurt or Sporting or Marseille, we're like, they should roll over and lose yeah, because we should win. And it's fascinating when it's like, what's the Champions League? So we've got it. We've lucked out with our draw. Like we, we in the sense that we could have had a much harder draw. Mm-hmm. And, but <laughs> we're like making it hard for ourselves as supporters because we're like, well, we should bollock every team. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Um, you know, sorry, just something I've 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 just had up on the side here while you've been saying that is, which is mm. relevant too, is that Frankfurt, who we play again in a couple of days, they um, pretty sure <laughs> they've they've just lost three nil to uh, VFL Bochum, um, who are the lowest. They're last in the Bundesliga at the moment, Bochum. Um, oh. So this probably gets us back into like, well, they should roll over for us this week. Yeah. Oh, great. What? So they're going to come and put on a brave face it's... and stop the chosen team. <laughs> that is actually bad, though. That's really upsetting. That's upsetting. But but you're right. You're right overall of like definitely that it's like, yeah, that, that it just entitlement. Whereas for a lot of these teams, like playing – a team like Spurs and Champions League, it's effectively like a cup final for them. Like, because mm. a lot of these other teams, they're not like Frankfurt. Yes, they won the uh, Europa last season, but still, ultimately, you know, we go into a Champions League group going, we expect to make it through and get out of this group. A lot of the teams are playing, they, they don't have that expectation. They're kind of like, we'll get in and see what we can do. And hopefully, we might be able to squeeze out some results. So they're mm. coming like, I don't see, I don't even have the the stats, like any other stats for this Bochum game. Like maybe they rested half their team because they're like, we want to go at Spurs because that suddenly is a must win Champions League game for us. So we're going to play our, going to play our little young lads in, in the Bochum game on the weekend. Our tiny boys. Our tiny little boys. <laughs> our little micey men will be running around against Bochum. Um, so the big lads can play against Spurs, but we're going to have that. Like every team that is from that, like that sort of scenario, if they're one that on the world stage is not, you know, viewed as bigger than us, it, it, this is, it's going to be a bigger game for them. And they're going to always be mm. a lot more up for it um, mm. than we necessarily are. Mm. Yeah, totally. It's a good point. It's a fair point. <laughs> do, do you want to move on to um, the, the big Twitter controversy or um, Tottenham, uh, being in meaningful talks with Google. Well, I think given that you've said that one, let's do that. Mm. Um, so Tottenham Hotspur are in meaningful talks with Google over nanny rights for the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yeah. What are we going to call, if it's called Google Stadium? <laughs> That's great. Danny Rose would be so happy. <laughs> yeah, he would. He would. I'd love it if the name was, they're like, you know what? We want to call it the Google Dome. Whoa. The Google Dome. Well, like, it's not a dome, though. We're going to go with Google Dome. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go with Google Dome. Uh, so you're going to have to make it more dome-like. Yeah, can we get a dome up? We've done some, like, user testing, and dome is, like, really trending right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, 
you have pushed dome on these people. That's why it's trending Google. No, no, uh, no. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. The search results uh, speak for themselves. 14 billion searches for dome in the last week. So let's make <laughs> yeah. it happen, Tottenham. I reckon we'll, it'll be Stadium G or something like that. Because Google Stadium or Stadium Google or the Google Dome are the worst names I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. I feel like whatever it's going to be, it is, you're right, it is going to be something bad. Stadium G or like, it's just going to be called Google Workplace or something. Oh my God. Yeah. Pushing their new products. Uh, or like, I don't know, they've, Google Sheets is getting a, a facelift. So it's like, yeah. yeah, welcome to the Google Sheet today. Yeah. Or it might be Android Arena or, yeah. Um, which is also awful. Um, <laughs> well, then that would make sense with them wanting, like having the robot presence in the ground. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So it makes sense. I would like to see what, what Google bring to the stadium because I guess, look, we what, what's our biggest stadium in Melbourne? Be Marvel Stadium. Um, MCG. Oh, sorry, MCG. Sorry. Um, yeah. I think it was just out of my brain, MCG, because I'm like, they have just never any fun sponsorship naming thing. <laughs> One of the biggest stadiums in the world, Dad. <laughs> but like, you've got Marvel Stadium, which I haven't been yeah. to for quite a long time. Do they have any like Marvel activations there when you go there as yes. a fan? They yeah. do? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like, what, what do they have actually? They have, so, uh, I mean, the plan originally when they took over, because Docklands, which is the ground, um, is they when they built it, it was already bad. And, uh, it's, it's even worse now. Um, but they've got, uh, they're meant to redo all the seats to make them red and then have Marvel spelt out. But they've, I think at this stage, they've just got Marvel written and the rest of the seats are a different color. They've also got like a Marvel museum there. Okay. Um, apart from that, I think that's all. Okay. That's more than I expected. Um, mm. but like, mm. I, I feel like, I wonder if. Because especially in the States, I guess there are so many stadiums which have like, you know, a lot of the English ones are just like, oh, Chestnut Road. And it's like, yeah, great. That's the, the team's been playing there for 150 years. Mm. Um, whereas all the American ones, they, they're always branded. They're always changing. And I just do wonder like how, how much these, these companies take it. So if Google were to come in, like, what are we going to see at the Google? Like, are they just going to have a line of computers where people can just do a search? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're going to do it as if. They've just taken over the company and they barely know what a computer is. It's going to be like, we've got a computer library. You can go in there and search anything you want. <laughs> anything. It doesn't even have to be in the room. It can be anywhere in the world. It's called the uh, internet. It's called the internet. You can go in there. It's called a computer library search. Um, <laughs> and um, what else have we got in here? Oh, you can click, I'm feeling lucky and something crazy might come up. <laughs> but remember, look, hey, you want a pint? We'll get a free Google search token. So what you need to do is you need to go take this token over to the library and you can search one term or press on feeling lucky once. <laughs> I hope that happens. That would be incredible. Happens. When I, um, I would have been like 15 or 16 and I was working at Subiaco Oval in Perth, which is where the AFL was played before Optus Stadium. And um, for a little while... That was called Crazy John's Arena. <laughs> He's crazy. Because of, yeah, uh, because, because of the phone brand here in Australia, Crazy John's. When do you actually think about that, right? Like 
But do other countries do shit like this? I don't think so. Like, I can't see other countries having, like, a phone brand called Crazy John's. Like, who is <laughs> yeah. buying a phone from someone called Crazy John? <laughs> exactly. A very serious piece of, like, gear that you need to, like, communicate with everyone mm. that you know. And it's like, who should we go? Should we oh, should we buy it from Optus, Telstra, or Crazy John? <laughs> yeah. Um, Crazy John is the answer. Crazy John is the answer. I feel it's like you can send a message and sometimes maybe it will squirt you in the face with water. <laughs> He's a funny clown. <laughs> Um, it's, it's a very like Aussie thing in that sense of like, I guess, cause we usually don't have, you know, massive global brands take that much interest in our stadiums because, mm. you know, mm. you don't really get that much out of it apart from like, as we've spoken about Marvel, um, in this sense, mm. but I guess that's why we're maybe more scrapping around for like, you know, um, you know, for whoever wants to sponsor the stadium, it's like, it's probably a lot cheaper and they'll just like, they'll take anyone, they'll take this little phone company, they'll take anyone like that. Mm. Roy's Fish and Chips Stadium Dome, whatever. And it's like, Love great, that. that's that's what we have. So um, it does feel interesting when you talk about it back in the Spurs context of like, you know, one of the biggest brands in the world going, all right, we want to name the stadium. Um, mm. I guess they get so much more out of it because there's the NFL and there's all these other boxing events and all this sort of stuff there. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, before Marvel, uh, it was called Eddie Had Stadium. Yeah. Um, so there you go. And before that, the Telstra Dome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what the other state, well, we've got like Amy Park here. Yep. It always feels, it seems weird to me, like insurance places, like it's like, yeah, Amy Park. Mm. Cause I don't think you go leaving there like, you know what? I'm going to switch my insurance to Amy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I felt really safe in that stadium today. <laughs> Are you going to go to Google Dome and then come home and be like, I'm like Google. Yeah, 100%. That's exactly what's happening. I got this unused token I forgot to use at the stadium. Yeah, I might do some Googles. <laughs> um, yeah, though, you, know, you, you make a point there. It's like if it's one of the biggest stadiums, sorry, companies in the world, it's like what really are you going to gain from spending like 400 million pounds or something on a stadium? Like people aren't going to suddenly go like, oh, what's this Google company all about? Mm. Yeah. Google? <laughs> Do you say Google? Oh. I'll check them out. <laughs> but yeah, there we go. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. We've been linked to other companies in the past, and I think Amazon we were linked to last year. So, and Uber, Uber. Basically, it's just, they're just trying their luck, <laughs> just with like yeah, all the biggest companies in the world. Like, oh no, mm. all right, all right, we'll move on. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Nike interested? No, they're not. They're not. Yeah. Oh yeah. well, they might be. <laughs> yeah, it might be. That's pretty good stadium. Yeah. I'm just hanging on to the fact that it's still unbranded, which I love. Like, it, you know, you, you knew it was always coming. They were, they were going to try and find a deal because they didn't re rename the stadium Why Hard Lane. Yeah. So they did that so that they wouldn't then uh, break people's brains when they got a sponsorship deal. Um, understandably broke people's brains. Um, so it's just a matter of time. Um, what's really interesting is like, I, I feel like I've even seen rival fans still refer to it as the lane yeah, and refer to it as why heart lane, which I like. Cause I still, mm. sometimes it just comes out like, yeah. oh, if they're coming to the lane, like, mm. so I feel mm. like it's almost like the fans will always just call it why heart lane. Yeah. Anyway. So you get someone like Google, they're like, all oh, right, look, we've, we've installed the name and everything. It's good to go. 
let's check the metrics. Everyone must be Googling Google Stadium. And they look there and everyone's just looking wide up lane. That's it's just wide up lane. That's all the searches are coming through. So I wonder if that's a bit of a turnoff too, that they're like certain companies are like, meh, everyone still calls it white hot lane. But if I say Google, which is one of the biggest companies in the world, took over the stadium mm. and from a PR point of view, if they were like, we're going to call it white hot lane with no, that we'll just call it that. But you know that Google was the ones that decided that they, because they don't need the publicity. Yeah. We'll just call it that. The goodwill that that would create in the supporter base. Oh, I'm never using Bing again. I'm, oh, God, ask Jeeves can fuck off. I'm going straight to Google. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love it if it was that. Like, look, like I said, there'd be a lot of goodwill amongst um, Spurs supporters. Mm. Everyone else would be like, huh? Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, w- that would be amazing if, uh, if, if clubs did that. I feel like there's, there'd just be someone in the room like, squashing the deal they're like no no we don't do deals for goodwill here <laughs> we, yeah, yeah we do it for money for money how do we get money out of this there's no yeah. money in that and then someone would be like what about google heart lane <laughs> yeah, yeah what about white heart google what? <laughs> white google lane all right that's it we've got it <laughs> yeah. oh god um We've got some questions, Dan, from Sammy Z on the Discord. We do, we do. Um, I might ask you the first one. Yeah. Uh, Sammy Z from Discord. Uh, can we talk about Son's link-up play in midfield this year? Sonny is a lethal goal scorer, but his passing in games this year has left something to be desired. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Is that, it's, I guess it's a statement. It's not really a question, is it? It's more just a statement. Like, oh, well, can agree, we talk yeah. about it? I guess we have spoken about how Sun's kind of misfiring, but yeah, on the on the passing, like um, especially in the North London derby, his his link-up play was really bad. It was awful. Um, remember there was that thing that Sonny had where it was like if he had no time and he had to receive the ball, do something, and then uh, shoot, hmm. he was good. As soon as he was given the opportunity to like have to be like, I could shoot or I could pass. He'd kind of get stuck between the two of them mm-hmm. and then kind of whatever the end result would be would be pretty average. I wonder whether his passing is bad because he's coming deep to participate in some kind of pattern play and he's thinking about that. He's trying to get the pattern right. And so he's thinking about it. And so he's, he's not thinking about the fact that the ball is being passed to him very quickly and he needs to release someone really quickly. And he's thinking about what the next thing is and, and maybe it's just growing pains and then eventually it'll be okay. Um, or he's lost the ability to pass the ball. I don't know. <laughs> I hope it's the first one. <laughs> I really yeah yeah mm. hope it would be. Um, mm. But yeah, like there's definitely that caught into two minds thing. It, like it reminds me, I, I don't know if you feel this, but whenever like I play futsal, it's like, if I have time to think, I will <laughs> stuff it up. Um, mm. That's not to say that if I don't have time to think, I score worldies. But what I mm. mean is like, it's that very thing of like, yeah, Son is just such an instinctual player. Um, mm. And he's just amazing when he's in that space. But yeah, when he does, when he is coming back and he's playing these link-up plays, and this is not to say that he's not an intelligent player in that sense, but it really kind of goes a lot more against his instincts. And mm. yeah, maybe that is what we're seeing that he's really sort of trying to 
I don't know, develop that more. And this is like you say, all growing pains. And then in a few months time, he's, you know, it's all going to click and he'll um, explode and he'll get 50 assists for the season. Who knows? Mm. Mm, exactly. Um, and it's interesting, the concept of the intelligent player, because intelligence in playing football could be that you receive the ball and then you follow your instinct and your instinct is good and you play a ball that is a clever ball. It's not necessarily that you receive the ball and go, hmm, what could I do here with this ball in front of me? Hmm, hmm the white duke, as I like to call it, I could post it up the field. Its spherical nature is complex and then you play the ball like <laughs> um and totally. it's it, you can be an intelligent player and go through a phase where you second guess your first instinct which causes your passing to look uh and quotation marks here dumb mm. um so i yeah i don't know I, i've never noticed sonny's passing before i've never noticed it as being good or bad yeah i think i felt like in the past We've noticed sometimes if Sonny's tried to tried to drive forward and he doesn't really have a, a clear pass to go, he sort of stops and then just brings it back. Like he doesn't really, yeah. he hasn't really tried that many risky things. So I don't mm. know if he's now also being pushed to make riskier passes as well. Um, yeah. But I guess I, I, and there's, you know, this is probably not entirely correct, but I feel like finishing is probably a lot more instinctive and it's based on instincts because it's like, you just, you just, the blinkers go on, you just zone in. And mm. as soon as you get an opening, you take the shot and, or you mm. create that opening and take the shot. Whereas passing, I think like, you know, if you've got someone like, like De Bruyne, if you've got even Kane, they're like, it is a, like, it is assessing what's happening at that mm. moment. And you've got to assess where the other players are, what's going on. And I guess you do need to sit back a bit and then consider <laughs> what you're mm. doing. Even if Conte's patterns are very sort of like dictated. Um mm. But yeah, I, I really do hope that it, it comes good. Yeah. I mean, my hypothesis is that it's patterns and he is thinking about them um, and that's what's causing him to forget how to um, trap the ball and pass the ball and it'll be fine. Um, Dan, a question for you. Here we go. Do you feel, Dan, we are sitting back too much? I feel this is I'm, this is not me. This is uh, Sammy Z. Yeah. That our top line guys are starved of opportunities. Kane has been brilliant and lethal, but he is only he is only seems to get one half solid opportunities per game. Two things. Uh, one, for anyone else uh, <laughs> listening, send in a question and you'll get it read out from now on in a very, <laughs> very lovely uh, character. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Football. <laughs> um, it's also one to two opportunities, yeah. not half. No, I, I love as well that you, uh, it's like you just got so involved in the character as well that it's like <laughs> went off script a little bit for what the yeah. Um Yeah. So uh, to answer that, I don't really think we're necessarily sitting back too much because I think if you look at the last few games we've played, um, and this, this question did come in before the, uh, Brighton game. Um, mm. but I don't, I think too much is kind of being made against that. Uh, sorry, try too much has been made of that because I think we're still having a lot of moments where we are sort of breaking forward and it's just really not clicking. So it might look like we're not getting out of our half so much, 
but mm. we're also, we're struggling a little bit. We also get pinned back a bit when we've got Sanchez and Emerson, and that has happened more times this season than I think people really wanted to see happen as well. So mm-hmm. overall, I'm not too worried about it. I'm not sort of looking at it and going like, oh no, we're playing too defensive. We're doing this, we're doing that. Um, because you can argue in a sense if if we're now going let's go three five two in some ways that's more defensive because now yeah. you've got that holding sort of midfielder coming in, and realistically it's a three five two when we're attacking, but when we're defending it's a five three two. Mm. Um, so no, I I don't think we are. I think that you know I'd rather us build on a place of you know solidity overall, um, and then yeah, I I just think attacking wise. It's going to click. And I think if we were scoring like we do at the end of last season, three, four goals a game, um, even if the other teams are having more possession, I don't think people would look back, look at us and go, oh yeah, they just sit back and counter and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Great answer. Great answer. Thank you. I've been Mr. <laughs> Football. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, should we do um, our Bit Spursy medal votes? I think we should. I think we should. Um, and we're going back to the old system, are we? Old system. Yeah, old system. Old system. Three, Great. two, one. Encouragement. Mm-hmm. Uh, negative three, two, one. And I guess negative encouragements as well. But I don't know if we've ever given those out before, but <laughs> discouragement <laughs> awards we can give. <laughs> I love the idea of a discouragement award. Um, okay. Um, do you want to go first or should I go first? You go, you go. Sweet. All right, here I come. Um, I'm going to give three votes to Eric Dyer. Um, solid, commanding, um, powerful. I'm going to give two vo- I'm going to give two votes hmm, to Ben Davies. Surprise, surprise. Great return. He adds something, or is it just making up for Longway being bad? Who knows? But two votes. I think there's something interesting to dive into. Maybe, maybe next time out that uh, you've, you, I've noticed a few comments now. Anti Longway coming. Yeah, I wanted to like him, and I haven't been impressed. All right, I've, 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 I don't mind him. I, I've, I've, I feel he's got a lot to offer. For, for, uh, he'll probably play against Frankfurt. So I'm sure next episode we will have something to discuss about mm-hmm. Longway. Hopefully, it is positive. And not some epic error. Yeah. Well, I'll come get you. <laughs> I'll blame you. Um, and then one vote to Harry Kane for that magnificent flick on for the goal. Um, what a reaction. Uh, encouragement awards. Um, I'm going to give uh, one to Doherty uh, for coming back. Um, and I'm going to give one to... Uh, Do I want to give one to Sass? Yeah, I'm going to give one to Sass. Encouragement award. Um, Negative. I don't really have any negatives to give out for this game, to be honest with you. I've got no gripes to uh, exercise. No. Okay. Very pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, How about yourself? Well, I guess uh, it almost sounded like you gave Longley a negative. Just (laughs) just Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't. I didn't actually enact... No, the negative no, that's vote. true. That's yeah. true. Okay, uh, I've also gone three for Dyer. Great. Just so good. And it's so ridiculous to think, like, you know, a year or so ago, if we were talking, like, Eric Dyer is going to be, like, the 
you know, one of the first names on the team sheet again. He's going to be back in the England squad, possibly starting for them in the World Cup. You would have been like, no, absolutely no way. He's, and not out of not liking him, but just being like, he's done. He just has looked done for a number of years. Mm. The injuries mm. have caught up with him and it's it's just not good for him. Um, mm. But, oh my goodness. Yeah, he's <laughs> such a leader there. And he's like one of the most important players in the team, which we also saw at the start of this year when he was out for a little bit and we just really struggled in that period. Um, mm. So mm. three for Eric. Uh, two, I gave two to, to Pierre. Great. I just thought he was, he was everywhere. Um, and I think he had like, sort of like most touches, most interceptions, this, that, and not just saying that he's just does all the ugly work and that's it. Um, but I just think he's someone who he got fouled quite a lot as well. Um, mm. but he didn't stop. He just kept going and getting stuck in. And I just, I just, I feel so fondly for that, for that, for that man. For that man. Maybe that's going to be your Spurs shirt this year. Hoi bien. Yeah. It could be. It could be. I was thinking Richarlison, but Richarlison's probably dropped off a little bit. So it's really out of Kulisewski and Hoybier. Uh, but maybe Dyer. Maybe Dyer. Who knows? What about Romero? Maybe Romero. There's just so yeah. many options. Mm. Um, it could be. Um, I've given one to Hugo. Yep. Because um, I thought it was good. He made a couple of, a couple of decent saves. And also just after the catastrophe from last week, I'm just glad that it's like, okay, maybe he's not completely broken and it was just mm. a just a little blemish that came out there mm. um i gave an encouragement to kane because he scored yeah fair enough um <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why i'm now grading the <laughs> votes that i'm giving out um <laughs> i'm giving a discouragement to welbeck yep because it's just what are you about dude <laughs> like it's <laughs> just nothing and he's just he's always annoyed me i mean since he played for arsenal as well um, mm. But he's just he's just not very good. Um, don't like him. Mm. Um, and I guess also an encouragement award for Conte. Great. For, for you know, a very tough week for him. Um, and then also, in footballing sense, going, yeah, stop it. Let's do a, let's play three in the middle, see what happens. Yeah, because he listens to this podcast. He does. He does. Yeah, we he know. does. He he's does. A number we can one confirm fan. that 100% verified. Um, I guess very quickly before we finish, Barney, um, yeah. In the a bit Spursy news minute, we have just a couple, a uh, little bits of pieces. Harry Kane has started a foundation, and he's got a very mm-hmm. lovely video on Twitter, um, mm-hmm. which is worth checking out. Uh, it's really good. It's really I was good. I'm so isn't surprised. It? <laughs> yeah, like when you first open, you're like, "Oh, what's this going to be?" But it's like mm. it's really nicely done, and like I'm a sucker for mm. a nice animation. Mm. It's really good. Yeah, me too. I love The Simpsons. <laughs> it was like The Simpsons. <laughs> Harry Kane's making The Simpsons. <laughs> it, it is really good. I don't mean to joke about it because it's great. Yeah. Um, we're not sure exactly what the foundation is doing, but we just know it's about kids and um, mental health and mm. I guess around encouragement and uh, helping kids mm. believe that they can do whatever they want to do. Um, so that's good. The The other story uh, is the big, the big Twitter storm. Um, Ike Casillas, Carlos Puyol. Um, joking about being gay mm. um, and the first offence was apparently Ika Casillas is like well it's because you know people make comments about me being with all these different women and I want to go haha check this out 
Um, and then there was a huge backlash, obviously, because it's stupid. That's a stupid thing to do. Um, and then, <laughs> Bunny, you particularly liked his uh, his way of trying to cover it up. It is unreal. The fact that he wouldn't go, all right, the joke was in bad taste. This is what I was trying to do. It didn't work. Didn't pay off. I regret it. I'm sorry. Instead, he went, <laughs> I've been hacked. <laughs> I've been hacked for one single tweet where they said, I'm gay. And... <laughs> <laughs> and then they got off my Twitter account and I got control back. <laughs> and that's all they needed to do. And then at the same time, his good friend Piole <laughs> has come out and said, I'm really sorry, it was in bad taste. I you know, I didn't yeah. I, I didn't think about it, I didn't mean any offense. Which makes Casillas look even worse. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, I mean, obviously this is just such a um it's such a clear indicator of how detached these people are from reality. Yeah. Like, it's so, it's so, I would be so furious about it apart from the fact that it's so pathetic that Casillas went, I've been hacked, that then I find it quite funny. It's so ridiculous. Like, but he's like, when he goes, I've been, he goes, hacked account. And then luckily everything in order, just in case anyone was worried about his Twitter that he's now reassuring, <laughs> don't worry, everyone, everything's in order, which is, mm. it's to like, which is, to me, it's even more bullshit because it's like him going like, I've been through something here. Oh, mm. wow, I've been through something, but don't worry, everything's fine. Um, yeah, solved, guys, solved. solved, don't worry. But, and it's like, it's, yeah, I, I thought the whole thing was pretty vile and it's pretty disgusting. Oh, it's so gross. And like, even like, you know, Josh Cavallo um, commented on it and he was saying like, you know, making fun of coming out in football is disappointing. It's a difficult journey that any LGBTQ plus people have to go through to see my role models and legends of the game make fun out of coming out. And my community is beyond disrespectful. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know what? Screw, screw those guys. It was also re what I found really, really vile was the comments that people made. So on mm. the initial post, when people thought that it was legit, there were just so many homophobic comments on there. And mm. it was like, it was just baffling how, yeah, how people still have these opinions in in the year we are now. Well, and I mean that's the thing, right? So people have these really vile, hateful opinions about things that they aren't being forced to participate in, and then when we have like, say, uh, what's it called in the Premier League? But like Pride Match Week, and it's like, oh, we get it. We get it. It's 2022. We don't need this kind of thing anymore. We don't need it. It's like, well, obviously we do because of situations like not only the the fact that these guys thought it was funny to joke about something that like is very difficult, especially in football, considering there is one <laughs> openly gay footballer, but then the fact that the responses are so disgusting. And I think, uh, Dan, before we started the podcast, we talked about how the responses were revolting and yet there are footballers that are out there playing for teams that have very questionable um, records in terms of sexual assault and they post something and that they don't get, you're a rapist. They get like, awesome, bro. I can't wait to buy the new boots that are named after you. Yeah. Guilty until proven innocent. Yeah, exactly. Guilty until proven innocent. Mm. And it's like, if everyone speak like hearing guilty people talk, like, um, but yeah, there's, there's such a paradox there between, you know, what the casual faceless 
fan on Twitter supports and what they condemn. Um, yeah. And it really, it's really quite disturbing. It's a really disturbing thing that, mm. that, um, you know, people go, I'm going to put up this football player as my avatar. So I'm just hiding behind this fake name, fake image. And it's like, mm. great. I can really be how I want to be. And then they mm. have these, these really, really questionable views. Whereas it's like, no one's like, you know what? I'm going to hide between behind this. Like I can be anything I want to be. Cause my name's not out there. I'm going to do something really nice. <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to send people yeah. some gifts. I'm going to send, send them a donut, whatever. Um, yeah. It's like, I'm the new Sandra of donuts, <laughs> but I'm doing it out of goodwill. And I don't want people to know who I am. That's my good deed for the mm. day. It's the exact opposite of that. And it's like, great. Can't be caught. So I'm going to be an absolute asshole. Yeah. I'm going to exercise all my horrible little thoughts that I have during the day that I'm not allowed to. Um, I'm so repressed. Yeah. Um, so now I'm going to release them all like bats out of some kind of diseased cave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's like the fact that they don't even go, maybe if I have to hide behind this, maybe the thought is not good. Yeah. They're like, nah, the rest of the world are snowflakes. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. My, uh, <laughs> my avatar is a muscle car. Yeah. <laughs> what the? <laughs> yeah. It's like, as soon as that pops up, mute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's upsetting. Yeah, but I think that does us for the news in the A Bit Spursy News Minute. Great. Well, I said that we should aim for 60 minutes. We're at uh, uh, 77, um, which is pretty good. It's pretty good. I think, do you know the average podcast length uh, Mm. is, I think, 38 minutes? Really? Not ours. <laughs> yeah, no. Our average is like four days. Yeah, but in general, but I, I thought it was, um, I thought it'd actually be a lot lower. Mm. Um, anyway. But I mean, you've also got some podcasts that go for three hours. That's true. Every time. And so. some of those do three hours like every day. Yeah. So you're lucky, listener, that we don't do three hour podcasts every day. Yeah. Because <laughs> we could. Well, maybe next week. No, no, don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Um, well, thank you very much for listening. Um, I've been Barney. I've been Dan, aka The Feet. The the Feet. <laughs> Don't remember from the intro. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're the, you're the, the thighs. thighs. Yeah. Yeah, I'm them uh, sweaty thighs. <laughs> well, I've been The Thighs and uh, <laughs> fuck that. Sorry, Dan. Um, <laughs> have a great week and come on your Spurs. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.